there's not a whole lot of stuff. So, you know, this is this is something that the whole community is kind of getting behind, flocking to, creating a lot of jobs, and they're just starting to to bottle and can stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't, you know, uh, pop up in a distribution center near you. All right. Well, I look forward to having a little bit more of this. This stuff is delicious. You know, a nice uh, 7% or so IPA. Um, excellent. What is that? Amber color. A little lighter than an amber. And uh, it came in a crawler, which is always fun. It's a giant 32-ounce can. <laughs> so those are great. Um, I had a few of those in Florida uh, from the brewery that makes the High Lie beer. Yeah, Cigar City. Yeah, Cigar City. Um, so anyways, uh, we'll move on to... Uh, some of the things going on around the NFL. Um, so uh, up first, we've got uh, Jordan Howard. Um, so you know he is who we thought he was, right? He had a great game against the league's worst rushing defense. Um, but yeah, uh, he put up uh, 117 yards, three touchdowns, 32 carries for him in that game because that was a game where nobody wanted to throw the ball. Yep. It was a lone bright spot in the whole game. Right. So I think at the beginning of the game, like the whole first half, the passers were 0 for 3. And it took like 22 minutes just for someone to attempt to throw a pass in that game. Yeah, they kept bringing it up on red zone. Like, we're reporting back, and there's still not a completion. Right. That game, oh, that was a brutal game. I, I was hoping that it would be a good game because I love watching games in the snow, and even the snow disappointed. Like, it seemed like it was snowing much harder and thicker, like, over here you know, 20 miles east of, west of the stadium. Just couldn't pick two worst teams for that, especially in the elements in Chicago. Exactly. They, you know, at least if they were playing, like, a, a northern team, like the Bills or someone like that, then it's at least a team that's used to the yep. playing out there. It did seem kind of like San Francisco was shocked a little bit by the weather. As much as I hate the whole myth of bare weather and stuff, um, it did seem, at least at first, you know, and then they sort of realized, oh, we're not cold, we're just a bad team. Yep. So they just, you know, we're not able to really do a whole lot. Um, but, you know, uh, Jordan Howard is a bright spot on the Bears team. Uh, he's clearly, I think, an RB1 going forward. Wouldn't you, you know, assign him that kind of value? Yeah, absolutely, especially in the playoffs. You know, chances are he got you here. Um, you know, he's got to be in your starting lineup. And then... Being from Chicago, uh, a typical Bears fashion here, they'll probably win out uh, just to get a worse draft pick. <laughs> yeah, they'll wind up with like the 10th so, You know, they could be a sneaky, you know, just breaking hearts type team. And, uh, you know, Jordan Howard's going get to his, get his work in there. Sure. Well, the Bears' uh, upcoming games are at Detroit this week. That's his toughest matchup coming up. Then they play uh, home against Green Bay and home against Washington. So that Week 16 matchup is a pretty sweet one for uh, Jordan Howard. The other two... Uh, a little bit sketchy, but who else is going to get all the work on this team? They're not going to just give it to Matt Barkley to throw the ball around. Definitely, and Elshon Jeffries coming. Uh, Jeffrey is coming back this week. I'm pretty sure. Uh, week fifteen, I think it'll be. Week fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Because he week had a four-week suspension. What are you doing with him when he comes back next week? Uh, I think that. Like I said last week about Adrian Peterson, guys who are coming back like that, I like to wait and see. But you kind of have to make exceptions when you're that deep in the season. Uh, if I have an injury or something like that in Week 15 and it's for Adrian Peterson's first week back, I'm probably going to throw him in. Uh, the same thing would apply to, I think, Alshon Jeffrey. If someone is hurt, then I'm throwing him in there because the Bears have nobody at wide receiver right now. They're, they're working okay with Cameron Meredith and um, who's the other young guy? Uh, I can't remember his name. 
but he can't catch the ball. Wilson. Uh, no. Well, Wilson came back, but he had, like, no work this yep. week. No, I didn't. After having a huge game last week. So it, it's so up in the air. Jordan Howard's the only thing that you can rely on yeah, there. Absolutely. I guess is the point. So with Alshon back, let's see what the Bears do for another week. You know, if he does come back in week 15, I'm sure he'll be playing. He'll be healthy. He should be healthy. Enough about the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the Bears or the San Francisco 49ers yeah. aren't going to have very much no. impact on your fantasy uh, team going forward. So Terrell Williams, he has a torn labrum in his shoulder. Um, but he played pretty much the whole game, 96.4% of the snaps. Um, and during his senior year at West Oregon, he also played with the same injury, and he had surgery in the offseason. So there is kind of precedent that he would play through this kind of injury. He has done it before anyways. Um, so uh, I don't know if the Chargers would want to push it. I don't know how how easy the Chargers think it's going to be to make the playoffs. Uh, I don't think that the Chargers can make the playoffs with the way they are right now. So they're not eliminated, but... Uh, you know, uh, maybe you'd hold on to this guy. Maybe this is the guy that you want to keep for the rest of the year. I don't know his contract situation. Do you guys know? Well, there's no reason why you don't play him every single game until he doesn't play. For example, I mean, like I just said, he, he uh, or you just said, he, he played a season-high snap count for the Chargers last week, which is one week removed from his torn labrum injury. The Chargers wouldn't play him through an injury one week removed unless they were planning on playing him going forward. He, he either would have, you know, gone off and gotten surgery if he needed it, or he would have bowed out in the middle of the game if he wasn't healthy enough to play. But you're not going to play an entire game, every snap, score a touchdown, you know, if you're not going to play more games this season. That's well, just, uh, Jordan Reed did just that on Thanksgiving, though. I Jordan Reed only plays, what, 10 games a season? <laughs> sure, but, I mean, we don't know, you know, Terrell Williams' history as well as we know Jordan Reed's history. All we know is that in college he played through it. And uh, I think certainly if the Chargers, you know, have designs on making the playoffs still, and they can get to nine and seven, nine and seven teams make the playoffs sometimes, um, then they have a shot. So I don't know. I, I, I just don't think that uh, they have a chance to make the playoffs. And I think the smartest decision would be to shut them down and get them healthy before you could do any more damage. They're playing to win. I'm pretty sure that that's an injury that, like, uh, you know, it's sort of like an MCL, like the one that Ben Roethlisberger had, for example, that you could play through for the rest of the season the and still have done. fixed. Yeah, it's not something that's going to get progressively worse. Uh, I mean, his shoulder could fall off, or like he could have to have his whole arm amputated, but that would be an unrelated injury. That I that imagine would... you'd at least be more susceptible to like dislocating <laughs> your shoulder or something like that. He's a wide receiver. He's going to be laying out for catches with a torn labrum, like. Well, I don't That's know craziness. the answer. I will have to refer to the medical personnel but hey, on football staff. players are tough as hell, so you know it wouldn't surprise me at all if he did it. Yeah. Uh, and just to me, as a person who is not a doctor and does not play football, it doesn't seem like a great idea. Uh, Julio Jones is another guy with an injury, has a turf toe, according to reports, and that's a really variable injury, right? So there's some players that don't play for a whole season because they have turf toe, and it's something that's just happening for you know every single practice that they're in. Every time they go out there, it's kind of like plantar fasciitis that Antonio Gates had for a while, where uh, if, if he doesn't get it under control, if it doesn't get back to something uh, close to normal, then he's not going to play. And there's conflicting reports out there right now. There's a guy who says Julio Jones is definitely not going to play. Another guy who says he absolutely will play. And that's what you get from beat reporters anyway. I feel like the teams um, are almost encouraging them to do that. 
so that you're getting oh, some certainly. false information out there. But regardless of, of what situation befalls Julio, if you guys watched the game, you saw that he was not in any condition to play uh, at certain points in that game. And uh, they do have Taylor Gabriel and Mohamed Sanu, who have both had good games so far this year and may both be good pickups um, before you know what's happening with Jones. For me, for example, I don't have Julio Jones on any of my teams and that are in the playoffs. And I would really, I mean, I would like to have him. But in <laughs> this kind of situation, it's better if you pick up the guys that could come in in his stead and score a lot of points. And you can get them for nothing on the waiver wire, and even if you don't play them, let's be honest, I, I doubt you're going to go through your entire uh, revolving door of players in the next three games in the playoffs. And if you do, then your team isn't going to win anyway. Or you have the most stacked team possible. Yeah, but and you can play nothing but matchups the whole time. Correct. So it's either that or you've got spots where you can right. you're bring a couple people winning on. everything or you're losing it all. I mean, if you're not making moves at this point, if you're not making speculative moves, then you're not playing good fantasy football. That's true. So your thoughts about Jones? Uh, you know, I, my thought is uh, at this point, you you have him, you're starting him uh, as long as he plays. I don't think that Julio Jones really goes out there as a decoy, even though uh, we've seen him put up some bad weeks. I think the bad weeks have been matchup related and not, you know, injury related. So it, it, it's clear to me that in the games when he's being troubled, they just leave him on the sideline. That's what happened last week. Um, if he starts, play him. But I, uh, you know, am Captain Hindsight, and I say that you should have traded him a couple weeks ago when I told you to. Yeah, I, I actually have him in uh, one league in the playoffs. Uh, thankfully, I have a bye week this week. But if he's playing, I'd, I'd put him in. He got me there. Exactly. Most likely, he got me to the playoffs. You're going to kick yourself. Most if definitely. He puts up he got 20 points. Yeah. And you lose by a couple. Sure, but I'm, and again, I'm not saying don't play him, yep. but I'm saying that there's a high possibility that he either doesn't play or he bows out halfway through because he's still got an injury. And you, if you're in a in a matchup where you have to win, that it'd be difficult for me to pull the trigger if I know that there's at least some hesitation. Well, you know, if the news is bad, then hopefully it's pregame and you know not to play him. In which case, a start like Taylor Gabriel would be awesome, in my opinion. Um However, you know, like Mike said, if you if he's starting, you got to play him. That's how I feel about it. Well, sometimes I go against the grain on those kinds of choices, but you're right. Um, if Jones is out there catching passes, you want to maybe have if him. you have the guy to replace him. If you have Gabriel or Sanu and you want to put him in instead of Jones, I could endorse that. Um, but I wouldn't start a different guy really, because the whole reason you'd be starting someone other than Jones is because you think that. The ball is going to go somewhere else. Here's sometimes where it depends on your matchup with the other team. Like you, th- if you think it's going to be close and you just need a low, f- uh, you know, a medium floor type guy, you know, a Tyler Gabriel can get you up eight points for sure. Yeah, especially but, if you're in a PPR league. But if you're looking at a team and you think you're well, going to get blown out and you need to hail Mary, you know, Julio Jones, if he's in there, he can give you that. Yeah, you need the ceiling. Yep. Well, there you go. So Colin Kaepernick putting up top 10 fantasy points at his position a few weeks before the Bears game fiasco, which was a one for five, four yard performance. And then he was benched for Gabbard shortly afterwards. I think uh, all the Bears fans and all the people that have had issues with Kaepernick uh, through the league, you know, actual people that work in the NFL and then people that talk about the NFL like us uh, that have kind of a chip on our shoulders against Kaepernick just because he's a jerk, it seems like, right? Um, we're kind of rooting for this to happen. And then it turns out 
that uh, they're just going to put him back in again against the Jets uh, because Blaine Gabbert was not any better, has never been any better, and they don't have any other alternatives. Also because they're playing the Jets. So, you know, (laughs) you, you roll the dice again on Kaepernick, but here's the question. The 49ers have been putting up a lot of points in the passing game versus teams similar to the Jets. We just saw the Jets get screwed by Indianapolis, and Luck was kind of doing whatever he wanted to. Now, Luck is not the same kind of quarterback as Kaepernick is, but if he can play at least a semblance of, uh, of good football, then you would assume, right, that Kaepernick would be able to still put up top 15 points this week. I'd have to disagree. In the playoffs, I would not be putting my faith in Colin Kaepernick. Well, uh, be that as it may, he still put up this, the great fantasy points over the past couple of weeks, so you can't really erase that information. Mm-hmm. Um, At I, the time he played, he was fantastic. Um, I I don't know. I This is a really tough one for me. I started him in a couple of leagues last week, and he only had like two points. So that kind of knee-jerk reaction makes me want to just bench him. But you're right. He's put up lots of points, and it's the Jets. You have to look at this rationally. Uh, where is the game at? Do you, is it in the? Is it in New York? Is it in? You'll have to look that up. Because that would matter if if he's going to wind up in another like situation exactly like he did on Sunday. I think I don't start him. Well, it, it's attributable to more than just his performance. Like the 49ers themselves were not playing well that game, so it's not just Kaepernick's issue. I mean, maybe they were benching him because he was not being productive at all. But perhaps that's not entirely his fault. And a lot of the people then that were you know discussing the game afterwards were saying they were just bad. So they I mean, were. and the game is going to be in San Francisco. So so no snow then is what you're saying. Yeah, that's definitely not happening. <laughs> um, I think that I would start him in certain situations. See, there you go, and that's that's what I'm looking for. Is so top fifteen? Sure, I think easily top fifteen. The question for me is: Is he going to make it back in the top ten where he's resided as long as he's played this year? And I think just outside is where he lands this week. But that's still a good play if you don't have any good quarterbacks, um, you know, to to fill in for his stead. Oh, sure, you could totally have been screwed with like no quarterbacks at this point in the year. Here's our first bet. I'll say Colin Kaepernick is outside the top twelve. Well, that's that's pretty close to the line there. <laughs> well, you said fifteen. Yes, yeah. Jason said ten. Right. That's funny. I don't know. We both ranked him like very far down in our rankings. Sure, but but again, you know, rankings change throughout the week, etc. And they, they just started making this announcement that he's going to be playing again. Right. Uh, we didn't know if it was going to be some kind of 50-50 arrangement. Uh, Roto World makes a good point in their little blurb about Colin Kaepernick. I believe that they mentioned something about just the fact that if he was benched before, he can be benched again. So it's it's not, uh, this situation could happen. It's it's like you're saying with Julio, where what it, you also run the risk of half a game. But he's in a good situation here, playing at home versus a Jets. He's not in a good situation. He's on the 49ers. <laughs> Again, I, you have to look at the fantasy points he scored the past couple weeks, and that's that's really the only thing that matters. You have and, to look yep. for the silver lining here, Mike. Yep. The answer is you don't play Kaepernick if you can help it because he's, a, he's again, in like a really variable situation, mm-hmm. like I was talking to, about Julio. Um, so, interesting is all I can say. I don't want to make a bet on that because I think he'll finish somewhere between 10 and 15 and 12 is too close for me to <laughs> to bet on one side of that. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. But, okay. So so good luck to you guys. I guess we're not going to give you a ruling on this. The answer is you're going to have to flip a coin on whether Kaepernick is right for you or not. 
Uh, Joe Flacco, here's a quarterback that was the opposite of Colin Kaepernick last week. He had 36 for 47, <laughs> 381 yards and four touchdowns. He threw one of his characteristic weird interceptions um, that he throws every game or two, but that didn't really have any impact on the game flow. And I he think was, it was just for fun at that point. Yeah, and he was really good. So he's not going to be having that performance against New England, but I, I still say that Flacco is occasionally brilliant, um, and so is their team in general. So with Mike Wallace, Steve Smith is uh, reasonably healthy. Um, you know, Their running game is starting to pick up with Dixon and West. They could be a team that makes it to the playoffs and goes pretty far again. I, I like the tag that you put on them. Occasionally uh, excellent, is that what you said? Brilliant. Occasionally brilliant. That's a that's a good way to put it. Um, they are most certainly more than occasionally brilliant against the Patriots as well. So they need this game to stay in playoff contention. Uh, I'm not saying that they're going to win this game, but I think that they're going to play very well in this game. And I think that Joe Flacco is going to have a respectable follow-up to last week, but it'll be more along the lines of like 300 yards, one or two touchdowns, and a pick. So maybe not what you're looking for in terms of a starter, um, but you know I think that it's going to be a good game against New England. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, New England's defense is capable of just shutting them down. Um, so you know, it could it could be tricky. Uh, but they have been hot. He looked great last week. Uh, he's another guy. You know, if I, if I had other options at quarterback, I might be looking elsewhere. Uh, maybe I'm a little biased because I'm a Steelers fan and I want to watch them just burn. <laughs> but You have to respect the good opponents. You know, that's another one. Um, you know, if I had other options, I'd be looking at other options. Fair enough. But I think Steve Smith would be a great player. Yeah, I don't know. He's been weird this year, but uh, certainly using a lot of those guys on their offense. Brashad Perryman has actually started stepping up in uh, late in the season, and that's good to see. If they have three receivers that play really well, they could be a really good team down the stretch here. And uh, I'm a Steelers fan as well. We've got two of them out of three on the podcast. I could argue that Jason's like a 45% Steelers fan or something like that. 45%. Uh, not all the way, but some of it. It depends on how many Steelers I have on fantasy teams. How many Le'Veon Bell? I don't have Antonio Brown anywhere. <laughs> well, but that's, that's a, your fault, man. <laughs> I did recently acquire... No, Antonio Brown, you had to be first pick in a draft to get this year. Uh, I did recently acquire another Le'Veon Bell. So well, that's the... I'm, You can add a few percentage to whatever I was. Beautiful. Uh, why don't you tell us about David Johnson and his uh, performance last week? Oh, I could spend the rest of the show talking about David Johnson. He's so good. Um, so last week he had 84 rushing yards, 91 receiving yards, a touchdown on either side. Um, he is kind of pulling away from the rest of the league as far as the um, as far as just like points overall goes. Right? He, um, I think he's about 20 or 25 points above. Uh, David Johnson or uh, Ezekiel Elliott at this point. He's only competing against himself is what you're saying. Basically, he has 12 games in a row of 100 <laughs> yards or more from scrimmage. And last season, when he like became the main guy in the last five games or so, four of those five games he had 100 yards uh, from scrimmage. So he is like Mr. Automatic at this point. He's like Shady McCoy in an offense that uses him even more at the peak of his career early on. Um, so... You know, go for uh, David Johnson. The thing I like about him most, which I talked about in the uh, stats column that I write every week, is that 
Um, every year you kind of look at the total fantasy points in a standard league, and you see that it's always quarterbacks at the top of that mm-hmm. list. And then you find, like last year, Antonio Brown was like number 17. Yep. This year, David Johnson is the fourth highest scoring player in all of fantasy. Yeah, what an advantage. So imagine them. having the quarterback and the running back to like go with it. I mean... Uh, that is some sweet stuff. Do you have David Johnson in any leagues? I do not. Oh, I mean that was a t- that was a first round pick, and uh, it was you know it was probably uh, right there with Ezekiel Elliott as uh, one of the more risky first round picks, I would say. But both of those picks paid off for anybody. Absolutely. Um, you know, Elliott led me down the stretch in a league where I went from tenth in week eleven to fifth place last week in order to uh, make the playoffs. So. Uh, you know, these these young running backs can certainly do awesome things. Um, who is next on our list? Uh, so Travis Kelsey is, you know, uh, super stud at tight end right now. He had 140 yards uh, on, I think, 10 catches or 8 catches. He was 8 for 8. You know, what else are you going to ask for? You got to catch every single target, like, all the time. So um, it seems like Jeremy Macklin will come back maybe this week on Thursday night. Uh, I don't think that uh, Alex Smith is going to look away from Travis Kelsey. He knows a good thing when he sees it, I think. I hope. Uh, I think that it, you are going to continue to see Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and Jeremy Macklin will be worked in slowly. Uh, it's not like he was lighting things up before and like demanding lots of targets or anything like that. You're responding negatively to Jeremy Macklin because um, I was going to talk about him coming back, um, and you brought that up, and I, I think that Jeremy Macklin is a focal point of the offense, but as you said, wasn't really looking, um, Smith wasn't looking towards him that much at the beginning of the season either. Um, Now, is that because he was already sort of injured or having issues with him earlier in the season, or is that because he hasn't been playing well this year? That's, That's a matter of debate, right? So if you watch the tape with Macklin, he really wasn't doing what he was doing all of last year, so there's something wrong with him. Um, Now, do you think that they're sort of getting Macklin back for the good reasons or just because they want another distraction, you know, so that they can get in the playoffs and, and start make, getting some wins? Uh, well, they need him back to get to the playoffs. They need him, like, healthy and doing a few things to get to the playoffs. You know, I, I don't know that he's going to be the solution there, um, but that's definitely what they're going to try first. Well, when you bring someone back like that, you're at least taking some targets uh, or some, some defensive backs away from the other guys on the offense. Yeah, definitely. Defenses still have to respect him out there on the field. It's going to open up more space for Kelsey in the middle and sure. uh, some more flare-outs and screens to, to Hill. So it's good news. Yeah. So I think we all agree, I think, that Kelsey will continue with this production going forward. Now, I don't know if he can maintain a, a streak longer than three or four games of 100 yards each game, yeah. but that's what he's doing so far. So we'll we'll see. And certainly if you have him, there's, there's no... Um, there's no switching him out for someone else right now. Uh, and if you don't have him, there's no possibility of getting him. <laughs> you just hope that you don't go up against him. That's true. Uh, Ladarius Green finally put to rest all the rumors swirling around him at the beginning of the season. People were talking about, and when I say people, I mean beat reporters, uh, personalities on the NFL network. You know, and people. All sorts of people. We're talking about him having Percy Harvin-ish like migraines related to previous concussions, these sorts of things. Um, in addition to just the injury that he had with his ankle. Now, this has all sort of gone to bed because Ladarius Green broke out in the Giants game for 110 yards and a touchdown on six receptions and only played for less than half the snaps still. 
They're working him back in slowly, but still targeting him heavily. I really like the way that they've done this. Um, the whole organization has kind of remained mum about the whole issue. Any of the stuff people were talking about, they're just like, we're going to do what we're going to do. Um, you know how Mike Tomlin is. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, two of us are Steelers fans, and it was great to see this guy who they brought in uh, you know, for like a four-year, $12 million contract or something like that, if, if I remember correctly. Um, you would expect that he would play right away and involve himself right away in the offense. And that's exactly what's happening. There was just a big delay in it. Uh, so not the right away part. Well, right away involved. as soon as soon as he possibly can. Yes, yeah. But but I'm it thinking it turned out to be a lot longer than we all thought. But I'm thinking tight end one for the rest of the season for Green. Uh, it's actually his his I think his career high in yardage was 110, mm-hmm. only playing for half the snaps. He's got Roethlisberger throwing him the ball um, right across the street from Antonio Brown. Right across the street. Yeah, so. and it's it, it's just great for the Steelers' offense. Uh, you know, Brown's been consistent, Bell's been consistent, and then that number three guy has just been. Yeah, we've had this uh, again. This revolving mishmash, door, right? Yeah. Eli Rogers, or is yeah. it Sammy Coates, or is it uh, you know who the heck is it? Yep. But I think here's our guy. Now it's Ladarius Green. So yeah, it's great. Definitely a tight end one moving forward. Got to play him. Yep. So let's talk about uh, Marcus Mariota a little bit. He was out for a bit, uh, has been pretty hot down the stretch, and it's hard to bench a guy like him, but uh, he's playing versus the Titans this week. Um, I'm sorry, versus Denver this week. (laughs) Um, And that's an issue because Denver is, um, I think, only giving up 13.4 points a game to quarterbacks. And so this is a really tough matchup for any quarterback playing, especially a younger one like him on a Titans offense that we've seen do well, but we've also seen have some pretty terrible games. So does Denver wrap this up? Do the people that play Mariota this week lose you know, uh, the majority of their possible fantasy points from Mariota? Uh, I certainly think he's a quarterback to play under most circumstances. But is this a circumstance you don't play him in? Uh, it's, it, I've been considering not playing him. I've got Philip Rivers uh, and Mariota in a league, and um, I tentatively have Rivers in, even though I was kind of excited to get Mariota this week and get him back. The one thing I'll say about him is that he has thrown at least two touchdowns every week uh, starting week five, and he is remarkably consistent. He has the best touchdown percentage, meaning uh, the largest percentage of his passes uh, are touchdowns compared to everyone else in the league. Uh, but is so it a trap? <laughs> is it a trap against Denver? I don't think so because Tennessee has a very strong running game. They're a very balanced offense, probably one of the most balanced offenses in the league. And um, that's one of the things that Denver hasn't had to deal with a whole lot. Like They're great against teams that are just passing. But if uh, you know if he's able to work the ball to Delaney Walker a bit, uh, he can probably find a little bit of running room, and they're going to have some success in the running game. I think that he's going to get what he's been doing all season long. Maybe he won't have a four touchdown game, but he's going to have two touchdowns and almost three hundred yards probably. So, so you think he's going to buck the trend ver- like versus other quarterbacks against Denver? Against Denver, yeah, I think that Mariota is definitely a guy who can buck that trend. But you're not going to start him this week because you're going to. Mm, I think I just talked myself into it. To be honest with you, <laughs> I was. I look, like, <laughs> it was seriously just. I, I'm going to throw Rivers in there because I see that matchup, but I'm going to think about it all week. Well, but, if I had those two, I might start Rivers. Personally, well, I'm looking at our rankings. We have them right next to each other. Yeah, yeah. So then I got to go with the guy who I feel better about, and I like Mariota on his team more. What's your opinion, uh, Mike? And, and let's say you have a choice between Kaepernick versus the Jets, 
and Mariota versus Denver, and Rivers versus uh, what's his matchup? Uh, Philip Rivers will be playing the Panthers. Yeah, so those are those are three guys. Who who do you pick? Because oh, I, I know you're not going to pick Kaepernick here, right? No, definitely not Kaepernick. <laughs> uh, Against Carolina, I'd I'd be tempted to go Rivers in that situation because it's a good matchup on paper. It, it's a better matchup. Uh, however, uh, Mariota's a very very close second. Mm. I'd almost be tempted to play. I don't own him in any leagues, but I'm a fan of, especially in the playoffs. Play with what got you there. Don't get too cute in the playoffs. He's a number what five or six ranked quarterback. Yeah, he's up there. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's up there. Um, So, you know, Denver's given up three rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks this year. Um, They held everyone but Cam Newton and Drew Brees under 20 points, though. Uh, So that's a lot to look at. I still think that you can probably get close to your projection, which is probably going to be 18, 18 and a half for uh, Mariota. All right. Well, uh, the majority says that Mariota is still good for a start here. I think he will have an underwhelming game, personally, just because of the matchup. Just because of the matchup. That's it. He's a good quarterback, though. Uh, you've heard it here first. Uh, it's uh, it's 2-1, to one, Mariota. Uh, do, you, do you trust Golden Tate? This is a question. Now, he's been doing well for the last two weeks. Marvin Jones has been out, um, and he he might still be out, I, I think. Uh, what was his injury again? I, I... Back? I thought he he broke his neck. Is that what it was? <laughs> <laughs> he had a bad time in Madden, um, so they just thigh. No, he it, was inactive for a thigh injury. Was that a self-esteem problem that he had? <laughs> was there a confidence level issue here with Marvin Jones? I think the answer is yes. His yeah. questionable was only probable. Well, so Tate has been playing really well. Um, he basically steps into that number one receiver role on Detroit, who throws the ball all the time. They're doing well as a team. Not so much uh, with the running game, but everything else is working for them. So is he someone that you trust to start during the playoffs as uh, you know WR2, WR3? I know in PPR leagues you play him because he's been going back to form as Golden Tate. But if you have the, the choice between, um, let's say, Tate and then another guy who's maybe... Um, uh, let, me, let, me, let me think. Well, let me get back to that. But, but do you trust Tate going forward? I do. Uh, you know, Detroit really spreads the ball around, uh, which I think is a, a bonus in his direction. Um, you know, he's going to get eight to nine targets in the game. Hopefully he turns one of those into a touchdown. Who's Detroit playing this week? Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. In Detroit. In Detroit, yeah. I mean, Detroit's got to keep winning uh, to stay ahead in uh, the division. So they're going to be airing the ball out. And you had still put Golden Tate in there. And I'm curious to who's ranked in that 20 20 range or wherever he's ranked at. Well, uh, so Jason can tell you where we rank Golden Mm -hmm. Tate. Uh, I I can tell you that on the expert consensus rankings from Fantasy Pros in general, of which we're part of, of course, go check out our stuff uh, on drink5.com and on that website as well. But we are, um, the the ECR ranking has him right between Michael Thomas at 13 and Brandon Marshall at 15. Um, So he's ranked at number 14 overall. on Fantasy Pros. We have him at uh, 14 as well, uh, right behind Michael Thomas, uh, right above Brandon Cooks, and then Brandon Marshall. A different Brandon. Two Brandons. Brandon and Brandon. So the thing is, he, we're, everyone is ranking him on average yeah. now as a top 15 receiver for this week. And I think he'll be great, but you really have to trust him to fill him in for that kind of, uh, of quality receiver. So Michael Crabtree, Dante Moncrief, Golden Tate, 
earlier in the season, Golden Tate was dropped in leagues. Now he's back. Does he does he go back down and put up a goose egg, or does he really you know give you what you want with twenty points for Chicago? I think you're leaning towards gives you what you want. You know, when you're putting him up against uh, Michael, if I had to choose between him and Michael Thomas this week. Uh, New Orleans playing Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think I'd be leaning Thomas uh, would, in that situation. I would pick Thomas over him. But yeah, uh, um, if you have both those guys, you're probably going to be able to start them both. Yeah, you're in a good situation. Right. I would start <laughs> Tate this week yes. unless I have, like, three guys in the top 13. Yeah. You know, and and you know maybe that's where your team landed this year because you got a bunch of good wide receivers. But um, chances are, if you have Tate, you're going to want to start him this week. I don't think he'll be a top fifteen play this week, though. No, you not don't. against Chicago. I I kind of do. I I have I, the, I have faith in the Tate. Faith yeah. in the Tate. Faith in Tate. <laughs> the boy with golden Tate. Well, you know, perhaps we could turn that into a bet. Let's see. Um, but Thomas Rawls is another guy I wanted to talk about. Uh, back in late 2015 form, before he got injured, uh, playing against the Panthers, he had a really nice game. And now there's really nobody else there at all. They they had C.J. Spiller, they got rid of him. They had Kristen Michael, they got rid of him. Of course, they have no Marshawn Lynch. It really is just Thomas Rawls as the running back. Um, and a little bit of C.J. Procise, well, he's gone too. Um, yeah. So this guy is... Thanks is, for that memory. He's probably going to tear up the playoffs. I mean, just based on what I'm seeing of him so far. And the fact... That let's be honest, there's there's nothing like a, a running back with healthy legs in you know in the fantasy playoffs, and that's exactly what they have. This is like a warm up game for him. So, uh, what do you guys think about him going forward? Um, is there anything that's going to interfere with that? Is this going to be matchup dependent? I know they play Green Bay next, and they, they supposedly have a great rushing defense, but I just don't see that as an obstacle for him. Yeah, no, I mean watching him play. Uh... You know, he was just running angry. Uh, he looked, he looked great. Yeah, I don't know what they do to their their running backs over in Seattle, but they 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 abuse them somehow. Yeah, no idea. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I think he's going to run all over Green Bay this weekend. Yeah, I think so too. And and it kind of uh, belies the the matchup there because you would you would think that maybe you should sit him for someone else, like maybe you should play a Frank Gore or Rashad Jennings or something above him. But I I say no way. I, uh, I, I'm going to be the devil's advocate with Thomas Rawls. I don't think that he is as good as he seems. He's the, you know, lucky recipient of a team that was not playing defense last week, a team that just stunk. Um, he had 106 yards on 15 carries. He didn't get more carries for some reason, um, maybe because they were winning by so much. But uh, at the same time, like, I would have expected more carries earlier in the game. Um, he had the 45 yard run. And other than that, um, not like a great average per carry. He's only averaging 3.8 yards per carry this season. Um, so I, I think that if you have Thomas Rawls, you're going to be starting him. Uh, but I don't think that he's going to be like the phenom maybe that you think he is. I think that he's just going to be another guy. Rolls has a very small sample size to deal with. If you're looking at last year, he uh, he ran for 830 yards and five touchdowns, um, mostly towards the end of the season. Uh, and then this year, the the first two games were not 
much of anything, especially considered I think he got injured in the second game. So he actually ran seven times for negative seven yards. Yeah, that, that hurts your average. <laughs> um, and, and then after that, he, he ran for about 40 times. So 40 attempts for this whole season after the injury is not a, a huge sample size. But I agree with you. Um, if, if it's something that I could wait and see on, maybe I would. But at this point in the season, when I see someone put up a monster game, I kind of have to chase the points. Well, here's kind of what I was getting at. The Packers uh, have been giving up uh, rushing yards and running back points to really good uh, running backs, and they've been stopping everybody else. And I don't think that Rawls falls in the category of being good enough to be able to run over their running defense. I think that uh, Green Bay is going to be able to you know, have a good rush defense this week. Okay. Well, so again, I think it's a bad matchup for him. So we've got, I think like next week he'll be better. So we've got two to one Tate and two to one Rawls. <laughs> Tater alls. and we'll see. We'll see how those guys both do. But um, interesting thing is, if we look at, for example, the people that are around him. So, like Jason, if you don't mind looking up because you have him handy, I think our running back rankings to see where Thomas Rawls is located is going to be similar to a Tate experience, I think. So, on the ECR again, the expert consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros, we he's listed at number thirteen. We've got him sixteen this week. So uh, Fantasy Pros has him between Doug Martin and Latavius Murray. This is, puts him securely in the high RB2 echelon. So 16 is a middle RB2 and uh, similar guys around him, right? Uh, yeah, we, we have a lot more spacing on the running backs than we did on the wide receivers in this area. You're actually ranking him lower than I am. Um, I've got him at 14, you've got him at 18. But uh, the guys around him, Frank Gore, Carlos Hyde. Um, so like I said, I think it's... Uh, I think it's matchup dependent. I think you know he's going to get eighty yards or so on the well, day. Probably well, we, not a touchdown. We both agree. I think that he's not a top ten running back in the situation versus Green B, Green Bay. Definitely. And so that's what you were getting across, and I agree with you there. I think it might be more of uh, if he scores a lot of points, it might just be because Seattle wins by so much, and I, I think Seattle might win by so much. So um, we did just crack another beer here. Yeah, let's let's Mike, go. Would you share that with everybody? Let's go into would you the share beer. that with the class. <laughs> yeah, so this is uh been a floating bottle of a uh, new Glarus raspberry tart. Floating, I yeah, like it. Um, We've had it in our fridge a little bit. It's been around. Yeah, it's, it's been it in was, our fridge for months. <laughs> it was it was in your fridge. That for was probably a long time ago. Six months, and then I think I've had it in my fridge for about a year now. So, so it's an aged bottle. It's an aged bottle. It's refrigerated <laughs> aged, so a slow aging process, but. It is. It's sweet, but not overpoweringly sweet. Sweet. It's not very tart anymore, um, but it's actually pretty delicious. It is pretty good. Mm, well, thank you for bringing that. It smells funny, but it tastes awesome. <laughs> That's a lot of things, I think. Um, just to finish up this sort of uh, injury update speculation discussion, I wanted to talk a little bit about things that are um, issues or um, things that are interesting in the leagues that we're all a part of. So I wanted to ask you guys, every year I kind of have this discussion. Uh, it is possible if you have a buy, and if you do, congratulations. It's always great to have a buy. Better than not having one, right? Yeah. Uh, should you sit all your players this week? No. no. If you have Yahoo League, do you know why that's actually an interesting um, thing to do? Why? Because if you sit all of your players in Yahoo Leagues, you can drop them immediately from the bench. So what that means is if you if you sit all your players instead of playing them when it doesn't matter how many points you have to score, this is assuming maybe you're not in a league with a high score or something like that, 
Then if someone plays and they have a bad game or get injured, you can drop them immediately because you didn't play them in your active lineup. I'm telling Jason this. He's like, oh, no. Yeah, you know, I, I don't see the advantage. Maybe there's an advantage doing that on a Thursday before players lock. But no, on a Sunday, you know, here's, here's, I think locked. you're wrong as well. If you have a player on your bench and they're they have played, you can't do anything with them until no, the next can, week. You can the player has to have you can been, drop them. You can drop them. Yeah, and you can add somebody on like you and, know Monday here's, night. Here's you can the, add somebody on like Monday night, like but Mike you, says. You can drop. You can't a player. add them for the same week. Yes, you can. No, not no, the same. It's not about the same week. I'm saying is. Okay, so let me you give you. You can put in a claim let, for the next week. You can add them. Let me give you. Let me give you this. Uh, let me give you this information. So let's say you had a team that has a buy this week, and you sit everybody. You put them all on your bench. Nobody has a buy this week. What? I mean, next week. I'm, the only buys week that being, matter. He's talking. Dave, I think you're playoffs. confusing the buys that matter. The only buys that matter in this situation are NFL team buys. As soon as somebody's. No, Wait, no. Let you me, can't affect your lineup till the next week. Let me explain it, man. So if it's week fourteen, you have a buy. You have a buy, right? You sit all of your players on the lineup, and uh, one of your players, let's say, who's playing in a twelve o'clock noon game, tears his ACL. You can immediately drop him and pick someone else up who has not yet played. Yep. And if you do that, then you actually get him on your uh, bench that week. Yep. And be, in doing so. You have then superseded the waiver wire process because you are not playing. You do not need the points. So therefore, you can pick up players either on Sunday or Monday for games that have not played yet if something bad was to happen to one of your players. That is what I'm telling you. Yep. I, I don't think that that's correct. It is correct. It I've is. been a commissioner for years in Yahoo. I'm pretty sure that's not right. No, it's definitely correct. There's, there's no reason to argue, man. I, this has been backed up by several sources on Reddit and other sources that uh, do fantasy football news. I'm just telling you guys something well, then that exists. Then you're abusing a bug on the website rather than... No, I've done That's it. what I would argue. Like, why can't you drop somebody that you know didn't start in your lineup? Why can't you drop them? This is you're the not, discussion you're, I'm having. You're not you're not talking about adding a person that already played. They're locked. You can't add. I know. Anybody, I know but, when you're adding. But I you thought, can drop one. I thought it might make you upset as a commissioner of a lot of <laughs> leagues. But I'm just telling you something that, according to the rules of Yahoo, it's, you can currently do. It's an interesting strategy. Um, you know, I still play my players just because I want to put up the most points, and I want to be like, you know, even in my bye week, <laughs> I would have smoked you guys. Well, these are ethical decisions. Yes. And this is the interesting thing about fantasy football. You know, one of your studs gets hurt and tears his ACL. That guy you're throwing a lottery ticket at and, you know, the 3 o'clock games or the night game is not going to win you the fantasy cha- championship. But if you rest your players, then they have an extra week you're of, not, of re- relaxation okay. time. I, I understand now. <laughs> I understand now. Because the player that you're picking up, you're not starting the same week. Well, if that's the case, like, you know, go pick up Marshawn Because Lynch what I was thinking is that you were support. able to throw the player in the lineup right away. No, but that's not the point. The point is that that's the only way you can get around it because if you had him in your lineup, then you wouldn't be able to drop him. You so, would still be able to add it, it just wouldn't take effect until the following week. No, you wouldn't be able to add him because because you wouldn't have anybody that you could drop him for. Doing something like that, you're asking for bad juju. <laughs> you know, then one of your guys is going to get hurt, and you're going to be like, see, this is why I bunched everyone. Well, I was just saying, is say, say I don't know who has a noon game, but say you're you're starting Le'Veon Bell or something. He has, I shouldn't say this. Oh, don't say no. that. Okay, say you're starting Doug Martin. <laughs> is Doug Martin okay? <laughs> yeah. So you're starting Doug Martin. Uh, instead of starting him, you bench him, and then because it does, your game doesn't matter, your points don't matter in this situation. Then if you drop Doug Martin because you're able to, because he tears his ACL, MCL, and PCL, like Cecil Shorts, moment of silence. 
<laughs> and screwed up his knee. Yeah, that was, sorry, a moment of silence out there for Cecil Shorts. He's our guy. Uh, dislocated and tore all ligaments. That is sad. I think um, that's the end of the road. Without us. spending too much time on this, I, one, wanted to make you aware of this as a commissioner and everyone else who's out there as a commissioner. And two, just wanted to know if uh, that's ethically you know, an okay move to bench your players when you're not even playing anyone. Uh, are you sure you have to bench your players in order to be able to do that? Yes, because you can't drop someone who actively played that day. Yeah. But you can you, only drop someone who did not. You can not. make the move, it just won't take effect, right? No, no. You if it doesn't take effect, then you don't get the player. This is this is what this does is it takes a guy who otherwise would be on your team next week or through the waivers. But the thing the thing is, a player getting locked in your lineup on the bench or in an active position isn't really any different. You no, it is because different. if you start him, then you can't drop him. If you if you if you have a player who's active and locked and he's on your bench, you can drop him immediately and he cuts from your team. That's the difference. Because if you if say you have Doug Martin and you actively start him, you can't drop him from your lineup. Yeah, that seems like a mistake on Yahoo's part. Just letting you know. I know. It doesn't it seem it, it seems like they shouldn't it seems like there shouldn't be different rules for that. Well, it's I, like that in all the leagues I'm in on ESPN. I'm and pretty sure my it's, fantasy league yeah. too. That's I dropped Jarek McKinnon. Well, this because is just I wanted him to be somebody else's problem. So this, after Thursday. So I bring this up because it's a PSA from the fantasy football uh he was on your bench. And if you if you start someone in Yahoo leagues, and I guess in some other leagues, according to Mike too, um, I'm sorry. If you don't start him, but he plays, you can still drop him. But if you start him, you cannot drop him. So this this is a PSA from that from someone saying, if you have a buy, you might as well just not play anyone because then you have the ability to drop them immediately from your team if they get injured. There's no advantage to starting people when you have a buy. Oh well, in the two leagues, I really care about that in where somebody might try to pull it i have a high score pool that goes through week 16 in order to combat fuckery like that okay (coughs) nobody answered my question is is this uh something that you would think about doing in your leagues and for me it is i wouldn't think about doing it but i don't think it's unethical like if somebody did it i wouldn't throw a hissy because you're not playing anyone yeah i'm like you know do it do whatever you want but i think i'd still be putting in a lineup just just because you like to see the points. Pride thing. Fair yeah. enough. And Jason, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you think it's unethical. Um, no. <laughs> Thematically, it works because you're on buy. Exactly. So um, you can sit the players because you're not playing them. I guess I think that the sites should have the same rules for adding and dropping players. Once once things lock in your lineup, it should mean that they're locked, not that they're only sort of locked depending on what position they're in. Okay, well, let's consider this a uh, you know just a drop of knowledge for commissioners out there. If they want to make rules against this sort of thing, they, they can because it exists. Um, what are the SACO rules in your league? Does anybody have any SACO rules uh, for like the loser-loser of, of the... You don't have any sackos in your none in your existence. So none. we have a dynasty league. Dave and I are the commissioners uh, with a couple of sacko style things, which I love. Uh, the first one is it, you know there's always the uh, losers bracket for the people who don't win. Uh, the winner of the losers bracket wins the toilet bowl, and we give them a little toilet bowl trophy every year, um, just something to remember their bad season by. Uh, but the absolute loser of the regular season, essentially, the person who comes in last place, uh, gets their team renamed for the first six weeks of the year by all of the teams that made the playoffs. So winner of the league gets to rename them at the draft. 
and they have to hold on to it the whole rest of the off season. And then every week after that, uh, for the first six weeks of the season, they get renamed. So wow. I, that, that's become a tradition that's in our league. A tradition that comes with a ridiculous catch, which is that teams that get renamed do really, really well. Nice. Every single year, the team that gets renamed has then gone on to make uh, the championship game so far. Well, it's great in a dynasty. Right, you made the championship game and lost to Jim. And then the next year, Troy made the championship game against you, right? Oh, this is very specific information, which I think is correct, but can't well, you check. You were involved moment. in both of them. That's uh, why I asked. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, the answer is yes, and, and it, it's cool. And besides that, like it, it also um, you know kind of gives someone that that is winning the losing uh, bracket a little bit of a of a chin up. <laughs> sure. Sure, you get a little chin up. That's a good way to put. You know, it. I've seen some dynasty leagues where what they do is they get they give the first um, the first rookie pick not to the person who has the worst record, but the person who wins the consolation bracket, causing the 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 lower end of the dynasty league to really um, be competitive at the end of the of the season. Because sometimes people will just be like, nah. Like just I, check out. I had a terrible season. I'm not even going to do sure, whatever. Sure, if you still had to compete for that, then. But the other thing is, I suppose you would avoid people trying to like trade away a lot of players as well. That may be a, an interesting way uh, to keep a dynasty league interesting. Kind of like a lottery. Yeah, I don't know if I like that for dynasty. Well, there's a lot of things you can talk about here. Like, for example, say someone wanted to tank. Right, if they wanted to tank at the very end of the season, they're playing a couple of uh, of guys that they shouldn't play, or they're putting guys that have buys in their lineup. That's ethically wrong, but not necessarily wrong according to the rules. Uh, depending on your dynasty league, if there's no rules against that, you could still do it, yeah. right? Um, but what a lot of people do is if they're in dynasty leagues, um, and I want to get away from talking about it, but just to just to finish this, um, they'll use most. Uh, possible points instead of the most points scored. So um, then at the end of the season, those teams that did not make the playoffs, um, they're going to be ranked in order of the the possible points they could have scored based on their their maximum uh, so roster like points. Lineup. Optimum lineup points. So that means that they can't tank. If they have a really good team, <laughs> if they have a good team technically, they're not going to get the first round, uh, the first pick. There's always, so, so there's always a way to kind of get around it i guess yeah yeah um but but yeah let's let's move on to uh our our next segment cheers is this being played on an eight track it's being pumped directly to you from the 70s dave I think I heard like my grandfather fart or something on that recording. It's there's a time machine involved in all of this madness. That is a high quality MP3 right there. Oh, you can thank Spotify for that. <laughs> which you're probably not allowed to do, but hey. To Spotify. Um, quickly, I'm going to go over the waiver wire pickups for Week 14 from our staff writer Jim Hutchins. So, round of applause for Jim. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim, for for participating. Uh, Joe Flacco, 23% owned. Yet again, he's he's been pulled on our waiver wire all the time, and you know he's been a decent fill in every time that he's pulled. Usually, I feel like Jim just wrote up one Joe Flacco blurb five weeks ago and <laughs> keeps putting it <laughs> to start the article. Yep, absolutely. 
Um, so we talked about him earlier. He should probably have a good game, even though it's New England, at least enough to be a fill-in if you have crappy quarterbacks. Honorable mention, Alex Smith, 27% owned. I'd rather start Flacco over Smith. Yeah. yeah. I think we can all agree there. Yeah. yeah. Running backs, Kenneth Dixon. We've been talking about him all season, but he's only just now starting to take over the job. He has a 5.9 yard per carry average compared to 3.9 for Terrence West. So the Ravens have been slowly, you know, changing the mix, the solution, uh, the chemistry has been changing slightly in their uh, in their running back cocktail. Um, so Very now slowly. we're looking at uh, 10 to 12 plus touches. And uh, for the next couple of weeks, he might even take over the job completely from Terrence West. Because I doubt that the Ravens are looking to hold on to West for you know a long commitment. Uh, Mike Gillisley, who seems to always be in this discussion too. He's LaShawn McCoy's backup, but he's more than that because he's always playing a lot. He's probably the most valuable handcuff, if you will, in the league. Yeah, I mean, he's not even a handcuff. It's almost like they just are sort of uh, a tandem. You're right. He's more than a handcuff. Yeah. Um, But he had two touchdowns last week um, from three or fewer yards out of the end zone. So they they tend to go to him when they're really close. Mm -hmm. He's not the big play guy, but he can still make the big plays. So he's he can he can break free. That's he's nice. ownable. He's not as good as LaShawn McCoy in the passing game, but he's ownable by everybody out there. There's only like three guys who are as good as LaShawn McCoy this year. Right. He's having a hell of a year. Uh Jarek McKinnon, uh, 44% owned and Adrian Peterson 47% owned are both honorable mentions. Uh Adrian Peterson, like Jason mentioned I think earlier in the podcast, he could be playing this year, but we're not 100% sure. So if you have him on your team, you're going to keep him just in case you get to that championship game and he plays. Yeah, I think both of them are rosterable, but um, you know, I'm more optimistic about Adrian Peterson. Once again, I, I wouldn't be playing Jarek McKinnon in the playoffs. Um, you know, I'd rather be starting Dixon uh, than Jarek McKinnon at this point. Oh, I hear you. You get more upside and possibly even a better floor. Yeah, McKinnon's floor has been pretty sketchy. He had his best game of the year last week, and I think. That's the best you're going to see. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, Minnesota has learned that Matt Asiata is not the guy they want to go to. But, again, they're not really going to McKinnon either. So I totally agree with you guys on that. Um, moving forward into uh, the wide receivers, Ted Ginn Jr., who I, I hate to play, but whenever I don't play him, he scores uh, a touchdown with, <laughs> with like an 85-yard pass. So there's always that possibility. He has a three-game three stretch right now of 12 catches for 241 and three touchdowns. He has three rushing touchdowns in a row? Three games in a row with rushing touchdowns? Well, the reason that he's, he's being uh, gone Maybe to not. so much as that kind of a player is that... Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I, that's wrong. But he, he did have a rushing touchdown, I think. Or this was is what that... I get for looking up stats in a new place. <laughs> so I, I think that he is someone that you can count on only because Carolina has not been doing well, and so they're tr- doing that come-from-behind deal. Yeah. And that's not what you should count on for the playoffs, for, for certain. That's like... Ye- garbage time may have gotten you there, but garbage time is a pretty sketchy way of making it all the rest of the way. Garbage time is real time. <laughs> Blake Bortles knows that, yeah. man. Hey, I was counting on a little bit of garbage time from Colin Kaepernick last week, and he wound up on the bench. Yeah, well, that's, that's... as garbage as you get. Well, you were chasing points, but you chased him too late. You know what? I won all the leagues where I started him. Well, then you're fine. Despite myself. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Mitchell is a guy I picked up in a couple leagues last week. I was looking around, and nobody owned him, and I'm sitting there like, let's see... 
Uh, Bennett is injured, sort of. Gronkowski is injured for the rest of the season. Amendola is injured for the rest of the season. <laughs> they don't really have any other receivers besides Edelman, who Tom Brady is not going to a million times this Deion year. Deion Lewis hasn't really like came gone back to his spot yet. This means that Chris Hogan and Malcolm Mitchell are going to be the hotness in the playoffs. And Here, Chris Hogan's been a little banged up. Here's the problem. You don't know which one's going to have the big game. So, as always with New England, you have two guys. One is going to be good each game, but you don't know which one. But Malcolm Mitchell is still someone you should pick up everywhere because if you have an injury with a wide receiver going into the playoffs, uh, here's a guy you could slot in and he could score 16 points or more for you. So, that's a it's a decent one. He had uh, 17 passes for 222 yards and three touchdowns over the past three games. So, good stats. Honorable mention is Taylor Gabriel. We talked earlier about Julio Jones. If he doesn't play, Gabriel becomes amazing. Even if he does... Gabriel's uh, amazing anyways, Dave. Gabriel is pretty good. Uh, Tight end, Ladarius Green, 23% owned. Um, You probably can't get him anymore, uh, but maybe you can in your league. If you can, you should pick him up immediately. Uh, He's a guy who is going to go from... Zero to hero, literally. <laughs> Honorable mention Dennis Pitta, who is finally healthy and scoring touchdowns. And that's the one thing that Jason and I were always so tentative uh, about with him, is that he might get a couple passes, but he never scored any touchdowns. And apparently that's because he hasn't been healthy until just now. Just like right now. And uh, defense special teams pick in the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they are 31% owned. And they've actually been doing pretty well uh, across the season, but because they've lost a couple of players and their offense is uh, not doing so well, they were t- they were trending downward, right? But they get the Browns in Week 14, something that everybody was very upset about when they were talking about streaming defenses last week because there was no Browns. <laughs> so the Browns are back. They're playing the Bengals, which means Bengals are now a top-five start for defense. Also, go, go with them with your survivor pools. And anything you need I don't, against the Browns. I don't know if I'd be... I'm still in a survivor, and I don't think I'm picking Cincinnati. Well, if you have other better options... I don't I don't really have better options, but I think... <laughs> well, then I'd a, go with Cincinnati. I think it's a trap game. Wow. This is a one... Cleveland's got to win a game. They don't have to win a game, but I think... They don't have to win a game. Division dude. game, I think this is, uh, you know, the Especially best... Especially since San Francisco lost last week. The best It's chance. a good option for them to win. Yes. It's a good possibility, yeah. But... They don't have to win a game. So You're both I'm, right. You're I'm both not right. putting 16 on it. They're going to lose the Battle of Ohio. Eesh. Is RG3 starting this week? Um, Possibly, yeah. See? Go for it. Put 16 on the Bengals. You Forget never about know. It. Forget about it. All right. Well, again, we'd like to thank everybody for joining us at the podcast this evening. Or if you're listening to it on some kind of streaming service like iTunes or Stitcher, please don't hesitate to give us a couple stars. When I say a couple, I'd prefer five if that is the maximum. Uh, we would like to talk about... One for each drink. A couple of, uh, of, of more things tonight. We have a little game we're going to... We're going to play uh, where we're going to pick a lineup out of uh, a bunch of players from our rankings. Can we pick one out of a hat one of these days? Uh, I don't think that would be a good idea. <laughs> uh, I'm doing pretty well uh, and so far, so you know. I, I want to continue the legacy here. Uh, all right. 
Uh, we, we're going to open a couple more beers. Uh, and I also, uh, Jason writes a, a column every week called Statistically Insignificant. And I was wondering if he would regale us with just a couple of facts, like uh, maybe you pick two or three from that article that you think are worth mentioning, kind of interesting. Sure. Well, we did talk about a couple of them already. We mentioned David Johnson's amazing yards from scrimmage and Colin Kaepernick's utterly awful game. We also talked about Joe Flacco's big game last week. Uh, but one thing we did not mention was the amazing ending to the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, here you go, Dave. I got you covered. I just gave him a beer. I'm also drinking the uh, New Glarus Citradelic now, one of my favorite of the citrusy IPAs. Um, so anyways, back to Eric Berry. Uh, he had a pick six in the game, uh, his first return to Atlanta since uh, he came back to the NFL after having uh, uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, you know, coming back from cancer and playing in the NFL, pretty crazy. Gave his mom the uh, ball after he had the pick six. And then at the very end of the game, had a pick two. The first pick two I've ever seen. I think the one, first pick two we've all seen. That was uh, awesome. Where he intercepted the two-point conversion try and ran it all the way back for two points to take the lead in the game after they had just given up the lead. Yeah. I personally think it should be worth three, just kind of rub it in their face a little more. <laughs> <laughs> no, it should it, it should be the bare minimum needed to take the lead. Yeah. I like that. Whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a five-pointer. It's a variable. It's a variable. <laughs> just plus one of oh, whatever you're you had. you down 15? You just took the lead. That's a 16-point play. Now you can't <laughs> New rules, guys. New rules. So we also saw a similar ending to the Denver-New Orleans game earlier this year um, when uh, they blocked an extra point and returned it in 125-23. So it was a tie game at the time. Uh, interestingly enough, both times after this happened, the team eventually just gets the ball back. The team that just scored gets the ball back. So that's like an extra advantage to... Uh, you know, I took the lead and I'll take the ball. It's kind of like a safety. Make it, take it. It is like a safety. It, and that's, Here's I two points and you get the ball. Uh, and then Drew Brees broke his streak of 60 straight home games where he threw a passing touchdown. Uh, so, I, you know, I'm looking at Drew Brees' stats and I think that he could wind up being a guy who is, like, maybe competes to be the best to break a few of Peyton Manning's records Breeze? if he yeah. keeps playing. He's amazing. I mean, you know, not to say that he doesn't get accolades, but he's playing in an era where there was Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Aaron Rodgers, all guys who I think a lot of people would say are better quarterbacks than Drew Brees, but I don't know. I don't think anybody throws the ball better than Drew Brees. Yes, these guys have other things that they do at quarterback, uh, which help them win games, win probably more games. Well, I feel like he has, more, Super Bowls. he has more prolific games, doesn't he? He has so many huge passing games. That's what I mean. Just big numbers, big passing Like 400 yards, yards. and three touchdowns. Oh, it's a Drew Brees original. Exactly. He has a <laughs> lot of records like that. You know, Manning only has a couple of seasons where he went crazy like that. Rodgers, his stat sheet is peppered with league-leading stuff. Well, sure. But um, like like Brady, he's more like amazingly efficient. Drew Brees is just, I don't know, he's phenomenal. I just wanted to gush about Drew Brees for a minute. Yeah, and you know... Um... As on a related note, Jimmy John's sandwiches are delicious. <laughs> Completely unrelated. Well, he owns a store. Uh, or two, I'm sure. Or like probably more. Right. Why are we rhyming? we got to stop this. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> There's a lot of athletes that have Jimmy John's stores, aren't there? Jimmy John's, Papa John's. It's Jimmy easy, John's, Papa John's. It's easy to like own just like a couple franchises because all you have to do is, you know, suddenly you're like in the spotlight. 
and you're like, I've got all this money. What do I do with it? And then these guys approach you in Vegas or whatever, right? And they say, you know, you can give us uh, half a million dollars, a million dollars, two million dollars. You can own like ten stores. You don't even have to manage them. You just, just show up for promotional that's events, it. and that's it. And then we'll just you get the money, just feed it into you. <laughs> now the problem. Somebody pulled Peyton aside and said, Peyton, they're going to be legalizing weed in a year in Colorado. Let me talk to you about buying some pizza chains. Yeah, the pizza chains are a good buy in this in this current climate of uh, yeah. Wish I had more capital to buy a couple uh, Papa Johns. Yeah, well, me too. Yep. And I'm you know I'm glad I didn't get into that uh, the whole Bennigan's racket because that didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> there used to be Bennigan's. There are no longer Bennigan's. I still like the Wheelhouse Burger Bennigan's. I, I forgive you. Uh, did you have some more uh, uh, special figures or is that no no we we touched okay. on pretty much all of them. Well then, let's uh, let's let's have a short musical interlude followed by a, a wonderful, wonderful back and forth. That almost broke. I feel like. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to interrupt the show. All right. Well, thanks again for tuning in, guys. If you listen to it now or later, uh, again, drink5.com is where you can find all of the articles that we talk about on the show and other stuff from a lot of our staff writers. We'd like to thank all of them for doing what they do and thank all of you. Uh, hopefully you are in the playoffs. Otherwise, you're just listening and pulling your own hair out saying, I could have made these terrible decisions. Oh. <laughs> if you're listening to a fantasy football podcast after all your teams are eliminated, Props to you. Oh, yeah, you're getting ready for next year. You are cool. Not really, though. That's <laughs> that's really just kind of beating the beating the nail into the skull a little bit. So I feel bad. I, m- I remember we had a couple podcasts after we were eliminated from most of our playoffs. Oh, I remember. And that's uh, those are difficult ones to do. You're like, yeah, you guys should probably play this guy, but I can't because I'm like, not yeah, able to. Yeah, you have somebody going, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that's just, you know, you get over it. It happens. But we're going to do a head-to-head-to-head matchup, the build-your-own-team kind of thing that we've been doing for the past couple of weeks. And uh, Jason, your own adventure. Jason will go over real quickly, I think, what happened last week. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, so we had Stephanie on the podcast last week. Uh, she uh, put up almost 90 points, which uh, seems to be kind of par for the course uh, for all these. Everyone seems to be getting between 90 and 100. Um, I had only 70 points plus whatever... Uh, Adam Vinatieri wound up getting, which was a decent amount. Uh, to be honest with you, it was such a blowout, I didn't add up the Monday Night Points. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> uh, Dave, you had 95 points, and uh, Frank Gore, who had another 8, I want to say. Um, so, congratulations, you won. At stake last week was renaming rights in our uh, 265 League, which is a, a league that, Mike, you are in with us. Um, All three of us made the Unfortunately, you're not in the playoffs yeah. with yeah. us. Because it'll be myself and Dave and Stephanie are going to be playing each other in the first round, and Dave gets to rename us. It's beautiful. So, have you? Do you have any ideas yet, Dave? No, I think I'm going to do it later tonight when I'm at the peak of my happiness. Are you going to come up? You think it's going to be themed? Yes, and and I'll be at the top of that pyramid. Oh, because you're going to rename your team as well? Obviously, yes. Oh, this should be interesting. (laughs) I think that's the only way to go here, right? Oh, I think it's going to be top of the pyramid is Dave's new team. No, we'll we'll see, but I'm going to enjoy that. So thank you guys for playing. You know, I really appreciated beating you. It was wonderful. And uh, moving on to... 
to this week, yeah. Or do you want to talk about the actual players? I, I already closed it. Okay. I don't want to talk about how badly I lost last week, if you don't mind. <laughs> no, no problem. Done. So uh, for those of you who haven't listened, what we're going to do is just take a regular fantasy lineup that you might see in uh, Yahoo, for example. Quarterback, uh, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, kicker, and defense. We're going to base it off of our rankings, which is a consensus ranking between Jason and myself, that are posted on Fantasy Pros each week under David Biggs. Uh, welcome you guys to check that out. And also to use the cool tool that's on the right sidebar of drink5.com where you can compare people in different positions and it'll let you know what we think of them and, and what everybody else thinks of them as a consensus from Fantasy Pros as well. So we're going to pick someone to start, and I think I'm going to go ahead and pick Mike to start. Uh, you can choose any position. Uh, we'll let you know which rankings are going to be a part of it. And, uh, and now starting this week, we're actually going to provide four we would usually have a backup, but this time you're going to be able to choose between the top three or the backup, which is one rank after, subsequent to the other uh, players that are mentioned. So why don't you go ahead and start? Uh, Jason's going to take notes, I believe, um, and and we'll do this thing. All right, Mike, you know how this works. Give me a position. I am going to go running back. All right, uh, running back one, two... Running back one. Running back one will be six, seven, eight, and nine. So that's going to be Devontae Freeman, who's playing at Los Angeles. Still a little weird saying that. Uh, Spencer Ware playing at home against Oakland on Thursday night. Matt Forte at San Francisco. Melvin Gordon at Carolina. So Freeman, Ware, Forte, Gordon. Spencer Ware. Ooh, I like that matchup. Good choice. Uh, And that would leave me next, I believe. Why do you like Spencer Ware over those guys? Give me a few words. Um, I don't Otherwise, like it's just silence. You know, uh, Tevin Coleman's back. Uh, you know, eating into what Devonta Freeman's going to be able to do here a little bit. Uh, who was my other option? Doug Martin. No, it was Freeman, Forte, Gordon. Forte. Uh, Forte is another one. I don't really trust any Jets right now. Um, I know they got a good <laughs> matchup on paper this week, I believe. Yeah. But uh, I'm staying far away. So I am going to take that paper matchup and run with it. I'm going to go with Matt Forte. I really like the uh, Ooh, Jets going yeah. against the 49ers. J-E-T-S. J-E-T-S. Oh, wait, wait. wait. Show, me some, some, show me some efficiency, Bryce Petty. So uh, it, we're going to do the same bet that we did previously, yes? Oh, yes. Uh, so that bet specifically. Love to hear you taking Matt Forte, by the way. That just makes me super happy. Which I won <laughs> last year in a week nine head-to-head-to-head. To head to head. Um, so... We'll, we'll cook dinner that night, and uh, the winner picks the meal. The second-place player plays for half of it. Third place pays for the other half and cooks. Uh, so we can figure out how to uh, incorporate booze into that in some way, shape, or form as well. But uh, that's what we'll do again this year. Um, we'll Perfect. set a reasonable limit. We'll just call it, make it, keep it reasonable. Okay, well, that's 50 bucks if we're having it, so. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Well, that's fine. You can do something a little bit above board. Yeah. Uh, so Matt Forte, you say, you, you trust him to do better than he did the previous week, obviously. I did, Well, yes, of course. And and my other uh, choices? No, I, I'm sold with eight. Were Melvin Gordon and Devonta Freeman, is that right? Those are your other choices. Well, I have to go with Melvin Gordon. He's been so great this year, and he is on a two-touchdown, two-game drought, I believe. But playing up against Carolina... Uh, that should be pretty easy for him to score a couple touchdowns and uh, you know uh, get wet again, right? I feel like Devonta Freeman should have been taken. Well, probably over Matt Forte, but <laughs> I was torn between Ware and Gordon. You know, Forte. Well, I mean, wasn't Matt even... Forte is the third on the list. 
All right, so next nope. position. Nothing wrong with Forte, man. I'm going to go ahead and do wide receiver. Uh, we'll do three, four, five, and six. It'll be Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., Amari Cooper, and T.Y. Hilton. Um, How do you not choose Antonio Brown? I, in fact, will choose Antonio <laughs> Brown. It seems like a pretty no-brainer to me. What are matchups? Uh, Brown is against Buffalo. Uh, Beckham is uh, versus Dallas. And then you've got Cooper Hilton. Cooper is at Kansas City at night. Uh, and then Des Bryant is... No, I did too many. Des Bryant's not a part of this. T.Y. Hilton is playing Houston. Dave, it's your choice. Odell Beckham versus Dallas? Uh, my uh, guy, Odell. Damn it. Now you have to choose between Hilton and Cooper, which is still a good choice, but not as it good is. as Beckham <laughs> or Brown. No, so who's Oakland playing? I'm sorry? Oakland's oh. playing Kansas City on Thursday night. Oh, damn, you guys. I'll do uh, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, you should versus Houston. Yeah. You should, yeah. Good choice, sir. All right, Dave. Well, then it's going to be your Antonio uh, Brown, Odell Beckham, or T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want you to know that I wrote these numbers down after we did the rankings much earlier today. No, absolutely. I did not look at them. No, I mean. <laughs> they are in order. T.Y. could be the best of the three. He could. He could. Um, I like going with, um, you know, I like having the first pick of of someone important. So I'm going to go with quarterbacks 4, 5, and 6. And 7. 4, 5, 6, and 6. Can't forget 7. I hope there's no... Uh, well, I know there's no Kaepernick in there. Uh, I don't know, Dave. <laughs> I, I may have changed the rankings while yeah. you weren't looking. Uh, Take them. Okay, so that'll be Matt Ryan at Los Angeles. Tom Brady versus Baltimore on Monday night. Russell Wilson at Green Bay. And Jameis Winston versus New Orleans. I will take the Brady middle finger tour. Okay. For 300 yards and three touchdowns. I actually like the Baltimore defense, but I don't see what anyone can ever do against New England because they seem to be touched by something. Probably Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, definitely. (laughs) Was it Matt Ryan, Jameis Uh, Winston? Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Yeah, so so it's... Oh, you already said who they were against, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't get to find out again. Gonna, you don't get to ask any more questions. I'm going to go Russell Wilson. All right. At Green Bay, Russell Wilson. I, uh, I think Seattle's going to beat up Green Bay. Bad. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Matt Ryan. Um, Hill, he's the top-ranked one there. Um, and then the backup team. We should come up with something funny that if the backup team wins, then like we have to do something. We all else. have to spend $25, and we have to cook together. And we just have an epic meal. We don't get to drink any whiskey yeah, if we, the backup team wins. We have to drink water. <laughs> we and, don't get any booze if the backup team wins. Rice and beans. It's it's a true punishment. Shut up, guys. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> Moving along. You can only cook with the booze. You can't, you can't do that. No. Um, there, are, there are no negative effects of any of this. So let's not add any. No, I, I dislike this greatly. No, backup I, team. There's no backup team. No. <laughs> if, if backup team wins, we all spend twenty five dollars and have a seventy five dollar dinner that we all hmm. we all lose. Well, I well, I, so one of us will still have scored more points than the rest of us. I admire your ingenuity, <laughs> but I reject your backup team ideas. <laughs> you never want to have any fun in these bets, uh, Mike. It's your turn to pick a position. So uh, uh, we've. Got a running back two. I'm going to go wide, wide receiver two because okay. my wide receiver one is weak. Weak. That's smart drafting. That's a smart drafting <laughs> strategy. 
Uh, so at this position, we're going to be taking 13, 14, 15, and 16. Uh, we talked about a lot of these guys already. Michael Thomas at Tampa Bay. Golden Tate at home versus Chicago. Brandon Cooks at Tampa Bay. Brandon Marshall at San Francisco. This is PPR. This is standard scoring. Hmm. Michael Thomas. Uh, yeah, I, I don't blame you. I would take Michael Thomas. Too. I'm gonna put my money where my mouth. I know is. who he's taking. Uh, really? Yeah. Who am I taking, Dave? Well, if I told you, you would know as well. <laughs> right, because I don't know who I'm taking at the moment. Um. Oh, you know who I'm taking. Mm, I can't just. I can't. I can't say I don't want to take him, and I really don't want another Jet, so it's going to be Golden Tate. <sighs> See, I knew it. Yeah. I would have done that no matter what he picked. No, I, I think it, I thought it was Golden Tate because of our earlier discussion. <laughs> um, but I will pick Brandon Cooks on New Orleans because I think that Brandon Marshall is not going to be a major target of Bryce Petty. I kind of think so, too. And honestly, Brandon Marshall would have been a lot higher if uh, he, we thought he was going to be a target. If it was still Fitzpatrick, then Marshall would be ranked Marshall. in the top ten. It's unfortunate for Marshall this year. He's just been a. a I can know, see Marshall getting a target in the red zone, but like not a lot of work. Like he's been a victim of bad game. quarterbacking the whole year, so it's just it's, it's too bad for him. It can't be helping his uh, personality disorder. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so moving on again to to Jason, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna go with tight end. Uh, so we'll do 7, 8, 9, and 10 here. It's going to be Ladarius Green at Buffalo, Antonio Gates at Carolina, Kyle Rudolph at Jacksonville, and Eric Ebron home versus Chicago. Uh, I'm going with Ladarius Green. We've been talking about him uh, all day. I agree with you guys. I really like his performance. I uh, He's going to tear it up that, the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah, I think that he's exactly the kind of thing that the Steelers need. Do you know they've been waiting for him all season? Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, they knew that. Look, he looked really good last year, and he looks... That good this year. And they didn't even have a better team. They didn't even have a backup plan. They're just like, we hope Ladarius Green can get ready as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, Jesse James is not the answer. No. All right, so Gates, Rudolph, or Ebron, Dave? Um. Wow. Okay, so Gates uh, versus Carolina is a pretty good matchup. But I don't like Gates and Henry in that whole uh, relationship. So I'm going to go Ebron versus Chicago because I think Detroit is going to make fools of Chicago. I think they might, too. They finally won a game this week without trailing in the fourth quarter. Congratulations to them. It's the first time for everything, I guess. <laughs> that Detroit standard of excellence is being held high. <laughs> That's true. Rudolph, because of all the things Dave said about Gates. <laughs> <laughs> Antonio Gates is like 68. <laughs> and then Antonio Gates is the backup. And he'll have two touchdowns. So, so you know, <laughs> here, here's Gates in the past couple of weeks, right? He's, he's on week six to week 13 because there was a buy in week 11. I don't think he played week 12. So it was uh, one point, three points, nine points, 13 points, 12 points, three points. So now based on like... He goes, the, whoa. Based on the curve, he has to go down to one point this week. So I think he and made a good go decision. And then he'll go back up. And then he'll, and then he'll up. score like 13 points. So you want him like week 16 and only week 16. So good choice. All right, Mike. Uh, or no, Dave, your position choice now. Oh, okay, great. And available, we still have running back two and kicker defense. And WR3. Hmm. Last round. I like running back two to choose first. All right, so that'll be 12, 13, and 14. Latavius Murray at Kansas City Thursday night. 
Jay Ajayi versus Arizona, Lamar Miller at Indy, and Frank Gore versus Houston. I know who you're taking. Huh. Yeah, Jay Ajayi versus Arizona. Of course. I would have said that, whatever you picked. <laughs> this has happened before, <laughs> and it will happen again. <laughs> I need <laughs> so prophetic tonight. I wish I had uh, that queued up ready to roll. I I believe that you are going to choose WR three over kicker defense or well I still well, get to, to choose pick a, a, running a running back. back. Oh, I'm just I'm just assuming that I'm assuming you're going to pick Latavius Murray. I'm sorry. That's, that's... Yeah, that's uh, what I'm leaning towards. But what are my other options again? Latavius Murray. Don't stop. <laughs> And thanks for joining us tonight. No, I'm just kidding. You <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> After you. What are my other options? You had Latavius Murray uh, and then Frank Gore and Lamar Miller. Not exactly in that order. I'll do uh, Latavius Murray. All right. So I get to choose between the leavings. <laughs> I guess it's better than getting stuck with somebody. So I, I like this method better but every time we've still been like oh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um i should just pick random numbers out of the hat so you're like you're picking rb1 from like one said, pick it out of a hat let's just do it once. no but the numbers you're like you're picking from one four seven and six yeah. oh, <laughs> oh david johnson <laughs> i think i'll select him yeah. david johnson or spencer way <laughs> After you. Uh, uh, Can I have Frank Miller? What? The the graphic graphic novel guy? Yeah, I think that... Watchmen, was uh, it? Yeah. Batman? Yeah, Watchmen. I I guess I'll go with Lamar Miller. Frank Miller. Well, you know. I was just trying to buy myself some time. I think if you want to... If I want to. If you want to, anyone at any time can pick Reggie Bush instead of whatever the selection is. <laughs> I'm just letting you have a little more freedom. Is there that like go. choosing death? Yeah. Choose your own adventure, death. Go to page 7,000. Doesn't exist. Death. Um, moving on. Wide receiver three. Okay. So wide receiver three is going to be 22, 23, 24. Uh, that is... Jameson Crowder at Philadelphia, Steve Smith at New England, Devontae Adams versus Seattle, and Emmanuel Sanders at Tennessee. Crowder. All right, so you get Crowder. I like Crowder than that. I mean, obviously he's the highest one there, but uh, Jameson Crowder is good stuff. Yeah, I like him this year. I, from the beginning of the season, I've been like a, a flag-waving supporter of Jameson Crowder. Crowder. I think Deshaun Jackson will go back to Philly in this offseason, and Crowder's going to be the number one receiver there. So it's yeah. going to be fun. Interesting. I... Ooh. What? I like Devontae Adams, but it's not a PPR league. Emmanuel Sanders might not have his quarterback back, and Steve Smith has to play New England. Mike, you've taken the only sure uh, <laughs> choice in that group. Well, then. Um, mm, I'll take... Uh, I'll take Steve Smith. Why not? Give me some Monday night fun. Man, Steve Smith and Matt Forte, you're, you're just asking to make this meal. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'll take Devontae Adams, who will have two touchdowns. <laughs> yes. 
Devontae is the, the new hotness on Green Bay. Jordy is the hotness. Yeah, Jordy is pretty hot on uh, that team. Yeah, he's now. the old hotness. He is, he's the hotness. <laughs> and and Devontae Adams scoring like three touchdowns the other... Could be a cob week. It was a fluke. <laughs> Could be a cob week. No, you know what this is. This is a James Starks week. That's this, what is, it is. this is a week. This is Jeff, the one. You start James Jeff, Starks. Jeff Janice. This is a Christine Michael his... week, guys. <laughs> Just so you guys know, that's all sarcasm. You don't start Starks or Michael ever. I'll tell you what it's going to be. It's going to be an Aaron Rodgers week. I don't know. It's going to be a Russell Wilson week. I might week. start Seattle defense. I might just start everything Seattle no. this week. All right, well, speaking of the option of Seattle, uh, for defense... Are you choosing defense? Uh, yeah, I am. Okay. So do we want to add another death. player on defense as yeah, well? Yeah, same, same deal. Okay, so then the backup team does get a defense for once. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. What's uh, the infatuation with this backup team? We're going to start team? at number five. Something will happen with this backup That'll be team. the New England Patriots playing Baltimore on Monday. Seattle Seahawks at Green Bay, Arizona Cardinals at Miami, and Atlanta Falcons at Los Angeles. I will take the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals. I'm just going to go old on all of my picks. And since we're late in the season, the season's old, I think it's going to work, right? You're going to have a bad time. Um. (laughs) Maybe I do want to cook this meal. (laughs) What shall we choose? Hmm. Um, the, the, it was New England, Atlanta, Arizona, Seattle? Yes. Okay, I'll pick New England. All right. And Mike. Arizona, or Seattle, Atlanta. Seattle, at Green Bay, Atlanta. At LA. Hmm. Atlanta. ATL. Atlanta. And Dave, you get to choose between the kickers. I love the kickers. You you do like the kickers. I like the kickers lately too. Stephen Hauschka was uh, huge. Okay, so you know people say uh, a bunch of BS about kickers, right? But I've I've picked a bunch of them so far this year that have scored like sixteen points, fifteen points. And when I picked them, I actually picked them. Like I didn't just leave them on my team for seven weeks and they happened to score big one time. Right? And and you were aiming for them. Yeah, and that's when you when you know that like something has actually happened. That's good. <laughs> but you've good. done that too, right? We talked about that. Oh, sure. I mean, hell, last week uh, I needed like nine points from Hauschka uh, in order to make the playoffs, and it happened. But it was a great matchup for him. It was just a good situation. It really was. It really was. And he kicked field goal early. I'm like, oh, this this feels right. I it's, think it's happening. Happen. It's all happening. That's right. Flashing lights. <laughs> Weird cult leaders. Okay, so kickers. Uh, Dan Bailey at New York Giants. What are the numbers? One, two, three? One, two, three. Yeah. And four. Uh, Dan Bailey at the Giants Matt Bryant at LA Cairo Santos versus Oakland on Thursday and then Justin Tucker on Monday night they're all such they're all such good kickers I know who you're taking I'm taking Matt Bryant at LA I guess I don't know who you're taking well now I know who you're taking but okay well okay and and the reason for the discrepancy which he's surprised by is that I was the one that created the kicker rankings but suffice to say that when I create the kicker rankings, they're based on... Uh, oh, to be honest with you, that's not why I, I said that. I, because I know I figured you were going to take uh, Justin Tucker. That's who I'm taking. Oh, well, I, I mean, I love Tucker. But, but I'm thinking that, that it's just going to be the, the sheer amount of points scored at the game. So I'm going with Atlanta versus L.A., who I think is going to score a whole bunch of points, uh, yeah. uh, as opposed to Baltimore versus New England, where I understand where they could go down and get stopped and, and kick it. But I think that, that Baltimore might score like two touchdowns and then nothing else. 
I think that uh, Bill Belichick's greatest, uh, like, the greatest thing he can do is always game against, like, game plan against the best weapon that the other team has. And he's going to, like, game plan against Justin Tucker. No, he's yeah. not. <laughs> he could. Like, I'm just going to make sure that that idiot can't kick, like, long field goals against me, and then we'll win. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's going to happen. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so I am going to go ahead and take Dan Bailey and hope that Dave's right. Uh, and if not, I can just blame it on him. Well, there's nothing wrong with any of those kickers, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> All right, well, that's, that's the uh, sum total of our teams, correct? So uh, we will uh, report back next week and, and tell you who won, and uh, we'll set a schedule and time for whatever this dinner ends up being, which is going to be decided by Mike and I, I think, based yeah. on our uh, foreshadowing. Well, one of us. The winner, the winner gets to pick. The, the winner does get to pick. Oh, the other guy just has to help pay for it. Yes. Right. Okay. Second place still kind of sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at least you're not cooking. Right. Do you have to cook and clean? Well, that's not I in the bet. it depends on like where we're at. Yeah. I would I would assume that everyone has to help a little bit. You know, just not be a, don't yeah, be a jerk. If I happen to lose, I'll probably host. And then cook and clean. And then cook and clean. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, but again, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us out there live, and then those people who were not live. I'm so or, sure I'm going to lose, but I have Antonio Brown, Dave. Just remember that uh, tonight is still Tuesday. These waiver wire picks have not happened yet. If it is tomorrow, in fact, and not today, they have happened yet. Okay, these are your facts for today. And my name was Dave with the Drink 5 Fantasy Football Podcast, and we would like to let you know that... That we thought Cecil Shorts was a good NFL player before he was unfortunately ousted from the entire league. His knee just left his body, and it was an unfortunate incident. His knee had an out-of-body moment. I love that all the players really, uh, you know, gave them, you know, props for before they left the field. Well, he's a great player. He just a, he's a football player, not a fantasy football player. Right. Well, one of my favorites. Hopefully, he can play again. Yep. Thanks, guys, again. Cheers to uh, Mike for joining us, and we will see you guys all next week. Cheers, guys. Good luck in your matchups. Good night.